need to go to school. And he's your daddy. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and we're back after we're a back. long hiatus filled with work commitments and genuine ennui, et cetera, et cetera. Fuck, it's been... I think, I think it's pronounced ennui, Joel. Ennui? I, I don't know what you're at there, man. Look, we are getting back into it. So, look, ex- excuse me for being a little bit... What's that What's that term? Illiterate. Well, not bilingual. No, Bisexual, actually, yeah. possibly. But not bilingual. I studied French for some time and I really do remember very little, as evidenced in our patron episode where I didn't remember the word for Monday and you did. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. So it's uh, on the, and that's French for boredom. Uh, um, so we've had a bit of that. But I wasn't look, bored. I was the conditional busy. race program is back. It Regular is. service is being resumed. Good. Truth be told, all we've done is what Australia does at this time of year. Had a long lie down over Christmas, rousing from the couch only to hurl insults at Woolies for being un-Australian. I'm furious. Not stocking the boxing kangaroo flag, all rights reserved to the Australian Olympic Committee, and the one true Australian flag, the blue ensign on a pair of thongs. Which, of course, brings me to ponder. If cookers get around with red ensign, often upside down because of a whole that distress we're experiencing, oh, that's hard. Why is Coles in the reject shop and any other major retail not stocking our yeah, true yeah. flag? It's the worst type of un-Australianness, Joel. It is. The kind against cookers. Ugh. In my opinion, Coles, Woolies and any other retailer of basic foodstuffs should be boycotted until we starve to death. That'll teach them. Yes. Or we could just go with the Germans. They're paid. Ah, never mind. We could afford to lose a few pounds, though, to be fair. So boycotting foods might not be the worst thing for us and our muscular yeah, health. These homemade Tim Tams are fucking awful. <laughs> but I'd rather starve, and I mean Bobby Sand style, after 66 days without so much as a microwave chicken roll or a few steamed dimmies passing my lips. All right, maybe a couple of crunchies in a Mars bar, but that's it. Look, I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to break down the sort of fourth wall here, but I'm telling you right now that microwave chicken rolls – and steam dimmies are a genuine part of his constitution. I'm not lying. I wish I was. That's why this <laughs> podcast will only go for a few roll. more years. Your life expectancy is measured in Chico rolls, I believe. <laughs> Marathon Foods. What a company. Anyway, look, this brings us to our sponsor, the thing that's going to shorten my life, which is the amount of beer I drink. And honestly, I can't afford to keep up with it without the generous help of CB Co, who are running in Gabs this year. I'll put the link in the show notes. Try and vote for them if you can. If they get like a better vote than usual, maybe it'll be us. Maybe they'll shower me in beer and maybe you'll get more of those <laughs> drunken podcasts you listen to and think, is he a bit pissed? Fucking hell. Yeah. Look, while our sponsor seems only so supportive as to keep Joel in free beer, we take the opportunity to remind listeners that this show is free, but it comes at a cost. And that's why we are asking for a little help to keep the show rolling along. 
Yeah, that's it. So we, we both get this. Simply go to www.patreon.com backslash the condition release program. And for as little as five bucks a month, you can show your support. You get access to a whole archive of free shit, like, you know, black label subscriber only podcasts. We have Zoom meetings for some of the higher tier things. We try and do that for the $5 every now and then. But basically just stuff. What we also do with the special black label where we, you know, have less filter. There's less defamation oh, yeah. risk. A lot less filter. And uh, and also, I don't edit them, so we just do them all the time because, like, mm. fuck, why not? <laughs> yes, it's the, it's the defo-free Black Label edition. I mean, what? So it's like 150 Just for listeners? patrons. Yeah, so, so, so. Get on that now, listeners. We'll wait. Oh, no, we can't because we have to get on with a conditional release <laughs> program, and that means it's time for the news. Well, listeners, he's not gone yet, but it's only a matter of time. Good. As we record the show, Roger Caleb Rogerson lies brain dead in the Prince of Wales Hospital with close family at his bedside, waiting to get the nod before turning off the machine that goes bing and ending the life of one of the worst Australians to have ever walked these wide brown lands. Yep. Now, as I mused on Twitter, the funeral is bound to be a small affair. It will be a blessing to his second and current wife, Anne Malocco, who can afford to save a few bob on the catering when mourners gather at the Dodgers funeral. Uh-huh. A cheese sandwich and a can of Coke should do it. Yeah. There may be a few others there. I suspect journalists, if they are allowed in, will dominate yeah. the numbers at the funeral. <laughs> if not, I won't be going well away, no matter who asks me. But uh, if not, if those journalists aren't permitted entry, and that's probably quite likely, then there may be just one or two burly fellows sitting down in the back bearing ball-peen hammers and roofing nails just to make sure the old bastard really is dead. Yeah, fucking right. And we'll just tap these into the casket. Bang, bang, bang. One person did suggest open casket, funeral, or it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. He's Roger Dodger, man. He's a dodgy motherfucker. Yeah, what's the first thing I thought of? This is an escape attempt waiting to happen. Uh But uh, no, Uh it it would seem that he is really for the off. A a good friend of mine who works at Prince of Wales Hospital, uh, she's actually had to deal with some of the worst people in their very last moments. Interesting. Because they're transferred from Long Bay. Yeah. um, From the Long Bay Hospital, generally speaking. And, and that uh, Princess Wales is generally speaking where they die. And Rogerson is one. And I think Smith was another. And Nettie Smith, that is, was another. Yeah. And so she's had to deal with, with some of the worst people you can imagine. Wasn't and, Nettie Smith uh, a bit of a fuckwit to the end? He was a bit like shirty and awful to the end? I believe he had a number of falls in, in prison. He, he had, when he was arrested for the murder of Jamie Gow, he had a very bad knee. He copped that from falling off a shed that he was dismantling for a neighbour. Oh, this Roger? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, fair call. Cool. I think you talking about Nettie Smith, yeah. It, it is funny when, when, you, when you fall over or you trip over, but when you have a fall, you know you're old, you know? Yeah. Well, a, we all fall over, one. but when you, when you can't get up, yeah, when you that's have a bit a of a fall, that's the that's the real barometer for whether you are old or not. It's uh, it's a real tricky thing to get past. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be doing a one-off on the conditional release program this week on the life and crimes of the Dodger, and yes. believe me, there were many. Yes. He was a heroin trafficker, a cold-blooded murderer, and ironically remains New South Wales' most decorated police officer. For fuck's sake. And that tells you a fair bit about the police force he joined and the culture of it until 1986 when he was finally booted out. Yeah. The strange thing, and I've seen this on Twitter over the last few days, some people, not many admittedly, 
still see Rogerson as a force of nature, a hard man prepared to bend a few rules to get violent men off the streets. Oh, God. Rose-coloured glasses, basically. Yeah, well, this sentiment was best expressed back in 2009 when broadcaster Alan Jones spoke at the Iron Duke Hotel in Alexandria oh, at the book launch right, yeah. of a ghosted and entirely self-serving autobiography of Rogerson. I happened to be there that day. There was an eclectic group of punters in the pub that reportedly stored, you know, in the old days, it stored Nettie Smith's gun behind the bar and <laughs> poured Smith and his mate Graham Abbo Henry a few beers while they cut up heroin in the back room. Ah. Uh, and there were plenty of old gangsters at the book launch, people like Carl Burnett, uh, the leader of the Double Bay's Grandpa Gang. That's a thing. <laughs> and they were mingling with people like Crown Prosecutor Margaret Kaneen and the Dodger himself, of course. He was looking very pleased with the turnout. And uh, broadcaster Alan Jones got to his feet and delivered the speech. Give it to us, Joel. All right. Now, I'm not suggesting Roger Rogerson is Mother Teresa. I can't pretend I know anything at all about Roger Rogerson or his past or whatever because I've heard all of this sort of stuff and I'm old enough and stupid enough to know not to believe much of what you hear and even less perhaps of what you read it's actually you that we can't believe anyway and if you don't know the people yourself then don't make judgments about them interesting from that guy anyway Jones said Rogerson was one of the hardest bravest and most talented detectives of his generation and hankered for Rogerson's old style policing to make the streets safer he went on to say, 99.9% of people are law-abiding. They don't care how tough you are on the other 0.1%. Mm. Bold words. Bold Fuck words it. in support of the Dodger back in 2009. And in fairness to Alan Jones, sometime later, he expressed regret for his florid praise of the Dodger, okay. telling, telling a journalist, I got to be carried away. <laughs> Beer was flowing, to be fair. A few too many Merlots. But that sentiment still exists today from others. In my day over the last few days, there was a statement from some guy who thought Rogerson a commendable man thrust into a tough environment. And this is what he had to say <laughs> on my oh, DM. Jesus Christ. So the DM reads, I noticed quite a few people commenting on your post on Twitter, many of them blithely taking the piss out of him. That's a week's Rogerson. pay says they would piss themselves if they had to spend an ordinary day in his shoes, all of them. Well, you would because you're constantly engaging in serious high-stakes crime. So, yes, you would be kind of nervous because you're a fucking mega criminal. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they probably would be scared spending a day in the Dodgers' shoes because they're not criminals, and he, he was. He's very lucky to have not experienced his downfall a lot earlier than he did. Oh, I'm serious. I'm very, lucky. very lucky. And we'll get, I'll get into that in the podcast. I mean, he should have gone down for murder, was very, very lucky. The rules of evidence to twisted his way. And that's in regard to the attempted murder of his New South Wales police detective associate. Mick. We'll get into all that detail. But look, yes, people would piss themselves being in Roger Rogers' shoes because yes. he was more than just your ordinary crook. He yes, was a exactly. one-man violent crime wave. He made a lot of enemies. Oh, well, yes, I suspect that's why there'll only be the cheese sandwich and the can of Coke at the nibbles afterwards. Quite rightly at so. At the wake. Now, in this week's CRP, and I'll get this done during the week, I'll detail his many crimes and his murders. I've got him down for 10. That is, those he either committed himself or had knowledge of before they occurred. Many of these murders were committed while he was a police officer. Others were committed since his expulsion from the force in, in, 1980, in 1986. So in his 70s, he was getting around the cross, hobbling on his bad knee and lumbering around, shuffling from side to side with his bad back, putting the shingle out as a hitman. 
in his 70s. And when his associates <laughs> mused that he might not be in the fullness of health for such a gruesome and dangerous task, he would tell them, mate, I can still shoot straight. I thought you were saying in the 70s, not in his 70s. In his 70s. He was that is impressive. I mean, you'd think he'd have some money squirreled away, right? You'd think he'd have a bit of a nest egg. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where all that is. Mm. I, I, I presume he's made some plans about that. Um, yeah, but, I imagine uh, someone's going to get a very mixed-feeling inheritance from he, this. He and, would have lost yeah. a lot of money covering his defence. There's a number of false starts to his trial for the murder of Jamie Gow. Yeah, who, okay. And McNamara <coughs> were ultimately convicted of. Yeah. Um, look, the man who knows him better than anyone is his biographer, not the self-serving one, but Gunker <laughs> McNabb, former New South Wales detective who actually was part of the pursuit of Rogerson. And he wrote the book, McNabb, that is, wrote the book, Rogerson, and I recommend it to anyone who wants to learn more about this horrible human. I'll try and get some uh, quotes from Duncan, who is a mate, for the show. Duncan was quoted on Friday saying he wouldn't accept Rogerson was dead until he sighted the toe tag on his body bag. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Double it's the tap. end of an era. Rogerson will go to the grave with more secrets than most including the murder of Christopher Dale Flannery. Yeah. And I'll be putting two and two together and providing strong evidence that not only was Rogerson involved in murders, he was in effect running a murder for hire business using people like Flannery as occasional dupes or front men. So uh, stay tuned for that, listeners. Hey, so let's say, you know, you've covered Roger Rogerson in the past. Is his death a bit of a green light to now say things that may be slightly more potentially defamatory or at least things you can't prove as much? Is that a Is that a bit of a open door? Yeah, most certainly. But you'd want to stick to... You want to stick um, to the, like the, the substantiated truth, but at least you know that no one's going to send you a concerns notice because he's dead. Yeah, well, we kind of did get pretty well stuck into him when we did on the conditional release program. We looked at our top 10 worst criminals and yeah. named him at number one. I don't think you've got too much to worry about whether Rogerson's alive or dead in terms yeah. of his reputation. Yes. Because he really doesn't have one. No, no, it's not positive, no. No. Although I must say, Richard Roxburgh does have that kind of charisma, so he can rely on that for his reputation, you know. I, I did really- tell a story in that episode about Rogerson that that he was dirty on Roxburgh, not because Roxburgh portrayed him as a man involved in murders and drug trafficking and all sorts of mischief, but because Roxburgh smoked, and of course Rogerson never smoked. He was very upset about that. <laughs> That's very good. I do like that. Well, moving on to more sort of sad cooker-related things. Many of you will be very aware of the fact the annual World Economic Forum meeting in Davos has kicked off this week. And as you can imagine, everyone has a fucking take on it. Now, I didn't get invited. I didn't get invited and I didn't get a little ticket mail. on the private jet to get me there. Yeah, Damn. no, I like. But, like, but they want me there. They, they, they miss me, I think. I'm waiting for the, the DM. It's, it's happening. But, of course... I do feel like a sense of hypocrisy in the fact that we're going to have a take on this, but our take is something more about other people's takes because let's face it, we're more or less looking at cooker responses to this annual meeting. It happens every year, but the World Economic Forum has never been so controversial. So this will be very sort of meta on that, but we're looking at the theme here, which is rebuilding trust, which is a fucking noble goal in the wake of a global pandemic that really did strain the relationship between governments, business and citizens, and yes, really to, to put a breaking, really. I understand that. Like, you know, I'm not completely oblivious to the fact that there's been a lot of strain, there's been a lot of tension, but a lot of it's been created by some of the fuckwits we're about to mention. But the thing that really fucking just absolutely spins me out is the almost irreversible now transformation of traditional conservative politics into this sort of cool conspiracy that we're seeing today. 
I thought it was going to take a handbrake turn. You know, like I, I see people get a bit riled up around the pandemic, but I mean, the fucking GOP are now kind of cooked. Luckily, the Liberal Party haven't quite gone in that, that direction. Nationals a little bit. Anyway, so it's hard to rebuild trust when it's all been basically destroyed. It's pretty tricky considering the amount of impact this series of years have had on certain people. But, of course, a lot of it is confected. I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking that things might calm down after a few years and we just get on with our lives because we have these freedoms back as such. But despite the fact that everything's gone back to normal as such, People are still getting pilled left, right, and center. I mean, like, yeah. you know, Cook is yeah. going to cook. There's a lot of nonsense being spoken so to much. around the vaccines. I just saw John Ruddick from the Libertarian Party. He's a member of the Upper House in New South Wales. Makes me so John sad Ruddick to hear talking that. about two years ago, we had a vaccine that didn't work and all this sort of stuff. I had to remind him, I had to remind him that two years ago, January 2022, was at the Delta strain was putting unvaccinated people in ICU at a rate of nine to one. Yeah. Now, the Omicron was everywhere and people were getting it. I got it around that time. And that meant that we weren't sort of hospitalised. It's going to be crook for a day or two because yeah. we're vaccinated. Yeah. And but the Delta strain still was running strong and had been running strong for the big for the for the sort of previous six months in Australia, and and it was terribly you know it was putting people in hospital left right and centre. Yeah, um, it is quite insulting to the dead, especially to sort of downplay this virus because they died and they died yeah. sort of suffocating. Well, the, the thing that really bothers up. me about it, Joel, is that is that. We got really lucky. We just got lucky that the Omicron variant became the the predominant one, and more inert. Still and killed was, people. And, and was it was more it was less lethal, obviously. Yeah. And, and 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 but pandemics can go either way. Oh, they can absolutely go either way. And it, that- it, we're talking about the behaviour of viruses and 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 how they mutate. It's not something that we can really control. It's roulette. And it could have gone really either way. We were very lucky in that we had a rollout of vaccines very quickly and and Omicron became the, prom- the, 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 the predominant strain that, that affected or the infected a, a great many Australians, but not to the extent of having anything more serious than a, perhaps a, a bad head cold or a light dose of the flu. I'm sorry to tell you this, Jack, but this reasonable level-headed conversation we're having is enough to send us to Nuremberg. You have really crossed the line here. Well, uh, this every- is. Can I just read? Just go. Just read a little bit of the, the of what Ruddick wrote because he's a he's it. a subscriber. He, he, he weighs money into to Twitter and Elon. Yeah, um, and so he's course. got you know he's got an essay here. Yeah, he's got a fucking nine hundred character tweet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the usually reliable commentators went to water and cowardly went along with it and said, "Oh, just." Take it so our tyrants will give us our freedom back. Idiots who can never be trusted in a crisis again. Some of us resisted and had zero COVID under fire. I remember thinking, okay, bastards, if you look me in my home, lock me in my home for five years, I will wait you out. I will put up with whatever because I'm not giving in to bizarre medical communism. Just a quick reminder, John, uh, if you are unvaccinated, there are real variants of COVID of concern that are swirling around in our community at the moment. Yeah, fucking. I have absolutely no time for people like that. And uh, him grandstanding and chest puffing and trying to be some sort of like 
unvaccinated alpha male type. I'm just mm. not interested. Yeah, uh, that's all that, that sort of stuff. When really, I mean, I wouldn't say this about Raddick specifically, but what we saw with a lot of people refused to be vaccinated was they were just scared of taking a needle. Mm-hmm. Well, not just that. They were scared of taking the, scared you know, of the, the – the 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 DNA altering vaccine, all the sort of, of course, nonsense about it. Some of them had good reason to be scared. Didn't go for it because they um, watched the op media and they were told to be scared for reasons that were completely made up. Some of these people yeah. really did believe that there was going to be a five G activation chip in their fucking arms. I mean, like, I wouldn't take it if I believed that. I wouldn't believe that because not fucking stupid. But like, that's the that's yeah, the issue, know, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like, I can see why they were scared. But the idea of them turning around later now and saying, "Oh." They were all scared. I was brave. No, you weren't brave. But you, you can see what he's doing here, and that's to mop up this sort of loose band of cookers. And one nation does it through Teeny Weeny, yep. Malcolm Roberts, and, and the other minor parties of the right try and do this as well. They try and mop up these into some sort of collective that will vote for them. Yep. And it's simply just so so far we've seen it just doesn't work. Well, there's not. I mean, when you when you start yeah. making promises to cookers. You'll find they're very, very difficult to, uh, to 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 make comply. Like wrangling cats, which is actually quite funny. Yeah, they they don't comply. The funny example of this is the rally they had, the TNT radio sponsored rally they had for the no vote, where John Ruddick and Crackers Kelly and a few other guys rustled up, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever, and held that rally that was completely co-opted by Australia One and the Guru crowd, who were just chanting "Let Guru speak." And Paul Old yeah. Ruddick got what he asked for, which is an unwashed rabble of ferals who had absolutely no interest in making him the star of the show. <laughs> Libertarian and- Party, they don't go far enough for mine. No, I saw, no, we uh, I saw Sauce popped up, just a clip from the guru there who's now sort of, and I mean lost in even the slightest sort of contact with reality that he once had and just saying, they're all trying to kill us, people. They're trying to kill every single one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you do when you get – he's an exact example of Spinal Tap where you go to 10 and what are you going to do? You get your new app, you go to 11. Yeah, but these these go to 11. You've gone to 11. You've already gone to 11. There's no 12, you know. What if you just stay on 10 and then go to 11? Well, this one goes to 11. Yeah, (laughs) fucking hell, man. Like you just have nowhere to go but psychosis. And, of course, he's already used the talking to God thing, so – Anyway, he loves yeah, the world economic look, forum. Just, just as an aside, I, I believe that the sequel to spining to spine the spinal tap is being in, is in production as we speak. Really, it's so mm. funny. I guess they are all alive. Harry Shearer is still alive. Christopher Guest, I guess, still getting alive. the band back together. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'm, I'm down. With it. I hope it doesn't suck. Most of the, these sort of weird dated sequels do, and they do end up admittedly being slightly woke, which can is be. really awkward. Can be the herpes. <laughs> through the band and all that sort of stuff, suggesting they're all sucking each other off. Anyway, great, great film. So, look, to give an idea of this sort of anti-establishment establishment, introduce people like Tucker Carlson, right, who just embrace this disinformation space with these paranoid delusions, these really sort of simplistic, puckered asshole face takes that he does. They're for ideological reasons as much as profit, in my opinion, because when it comes to Tucker, not only is he doing this because he's got a new market and now he's self-employed, but also, he is a fervent supporter of the GOP and right-wing politics in general. And the more he fucks with people's heads, the more they tend to run towards terrifying populist nightmares like Trump, who every now and then say things that are like Pavlovian fucking bloody commands, saying, oh, yeah, don't worry, I'm in on the plan. Trust the plan. Don't worry. 
I am Q, basically. So, yeah. look, it's all part of this ridiculous ecosystem. And for some hilarious reason, I believe it's because hypercapitalists hate the WEF because it's too left-leaning, which I find hilarious because, let's face it, it's a profit-driven organisation for elites to shake hands and make deals. But it is bizarre to see the US conservative movement and general part of the GOP pivot toward this thing irreversibly because like, think about it, like Mitt Romney was the candidate not long ago, right? Mitt fucking Romney, the most normal guy. Okay, Mormonism aside, you know, special undies aside, just a normal fucking guy who thought abortion was pretty bad, wanted to spend less money in government and generally speaking liked families and stuff. Fine. Yeah. Now it's just like, it's not even just Trump. Like, you know, even Nikki Haley has been had a visit from the Heritage Foundation about Project 2025. You know, it's just, it's a mad house of fucking psychos. So obviously when the World Economic Forum comes up this year, more than ever, it's an unprecedented opportunity for people to put in their two cents and basically have a fucking aneurysm about this meeting and make shit up. That's the main thing they do. They make shit up. Well, that's what half killed Roger Rogers and Joel. <laughs> the uh, scapegoat for all things bad in the world is the W. The absolute cooked House Republicans have introduced a bill called Defund Davos Act, uh-huh. which would prevent any federal agency from providing funding to the WE. Uh-huh. This would likely include the cost of attending Davos, which is essentially a junket, let's face it, for yeah. powerful members of government. It but is. why are they doing this? Well, apparently the WEF is un-Australian. No, anti-American. <laughs> what does that even mean? It's a mean? stunt. But the fact that the stunt is even happening is just proof that the conspiratorial dog whistling around the WEF is seen as electorally beneficial to those on the conservative side of politics, here and there. People shouldn't care. People shouldn't fucking care. The WEF is just a big junket for morons. It's a small amount of money. It's a bunch of people basically going and sucking each other off in a ski field and talking about how they'll make all these wonderful deals. It's just not that big of a fucking deal. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I would say... To sum it up Davos so far, the most annoying thing that has come from Davos this week is the hysteria, the created hysteria around disease X. Is that it's- an Elon Musk thing? You know, I know he loves the letter X. So, oh. you know, is that is that the new pandemic that's been released by Elon Musk? Don't it's you worry. Disease X. Elon's part of it, baby. Don't you worry. He's no, coming in. It is. Like everything now, Elon is part of this. So it's a hypothetical virus upon which a sort of pandemic simulation is being performed. It's not quite like Event 201 where they sat down and did like a table and had like video footage and that sort of cool shit. They're basically just wandering around and saying, okay, if there's another pandemic, maybe we should make some vaccines. What's your production like? Let's talk. Here's my business card. Okay. So like, you know, it's, but it's like disease X itself. It's not a new concept. It goes back to 2017. So this is before COVID-19. This is before Event 201. They've always had this disease X. They claim that disease X, like COVID, was the first disease X. Fair enough. So you've got these conspiracy bakers and they're trying to make out that this is proof of a pandemic. Of course they are. But the thing is, is I've watched a bunch of content this morning and they just struggle to articulate why. Except it's bad, right? It's planned. It's bad. There's globalists involved. There's a big pharma. Really bad okay cool thanks for your fucking input like it just sometimes you don't have to have an opinion on stuff guys sometimes you can just let it go to the keeper but no no okay disease x sounds too cool got to jump on it make some fucking content so it kind of reminds me of a lovely little tweet that i saw and i think uh, vax uh, vaxy litigant uh, yeah, or reposted it just, uh, just and it was just one of these gold. takes this woman said i've got no mrna on mm-hmm. in me and and the guy came back to her and said 
you're basically filled with it. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you it's sure, the mate? stuff of life. Yeah. And said, not without my consent. And he goes, and, and the reply was, you really don't know what mRNA is, do you? No. <laughs> Just no, no idea. And this is what don't. we're dealing with. We're dealing with a very shallow pool of knowledge here. Yes, exactly. But they all have to be immediate experts on things. And it's really frustrating because it's just that thing of just maybe it's not your turn. Shut the fuck up. Just leave it alone. Have so- to say, though, if calling it endemic or disease X is really asking for trouble, isn't oh, it? I know. It does sound very sort of like a shadowy and scary. But, like, you know, look, it's not like they've really put too much thought into the disease X thing, especially considering the fact that, this was in 2017, before the world lost its mind, where you could actually say stuff oh, like this true. and yep. you didn't experience the tidal wave of stupidity in response. It's just so hard now to function as a society. We live in a society. I mean, I'm with you, George. I'm with you. We so, live in a community, Joel. <clears throat> huh? We live in a community. I thought he said society in some With an economy and yeah. the people over there, when they come and join us, we, we all form a society. That's collectivist action and I don't like it. We'll get to that too. So- with a lot of people meeting at Davos to talk about selling each other stuff, I will give the caveat that Disease X is definitely big money for the sort of pharma reps at the conference and the health ministers and whatnot. They're definitely giving each other a, like a, a handshake with a finger tickle, and that's fine. I'm actually not here to defend business or elites or governments lining the pockets of private interests. But it must be fucking said, even for a lefty like me, we do kind of rely on business to provide goods and services, which is motivated by profit and controlled by risk. This is very basic business economics 101. So you've got investment in pandemic preparedness, which I would love to nationalize entirely and have entirely across the board, a purely government initiative. But unfortunately, everyone calls that communism, including the country against this. So fuck you. This kind of preparedness from the, like the, from the private sector carries a lot of risk. If you stockpile all this equipment, all this oxygen, all this PPE, it expires. And that's just lost money because you can't fucking use it. And then you've got to spend money to dispose of it, which is a double insult. So when you look at these worldwide public health initiatives, they rely on clever planning and, of course, learning from the past, which is oh. really hard to do because cunts like these have obfuscated the waters and made it really difficult to know what's what. But this will, of course, include how to prevent the next pandemic turning into a pointless civil war led by idiots like Dell Bigtree and RFK Jr. Because, honestly, looking at the comments on Twitter... I would say if a new virus forms and a pandemic is established across the world, cookers are going to be in the top two reasons why things are bad. And I'm not completely sure that the number one reason things are bad is the actual virus, honestly. Yes, it's like we can't actually do any planning. I mean, what what we saw with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is that we were entirely uh, incapable of, of properly isolating people who were infected. Now, you might remember the hotels that were being used, people were being bunked up in, in hotel rooms and things like that because we didn't have a dedicated quarantine facilities to cover that. Now, the Queensland government is building one. I think Victoria is now building one. So there is a sense of preparedness. And But why do you've got people like John Ruddick and others coming around saying the vaccine doesn't work? Yep. Right? And we're all tricked into this by, you know, big government and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That when we get that with this kind of thought prevailing, half sucked thought prevailing, then we are going to have a real big problem with pandemic management in the future. A pandemic is probably not going to be 100 years away. No. Uh, I mean, we, we can't tell, of course, but the, with the degree of human movement you've got. Yep. 
these days that yep. wasn't that wasn't available. In fact, basically, it was World War One, which which kicked off and the movement of troops from all parts of all parts of the world to to Western Europe. Don't you blame the troops? They well, saved it, us. From, every COVID, we they're still arguing over the Spanish flu outbreak. Where it was, where it actually came from, it is oh, yeah. very, very likely that it came from a, a military fort base in Kansas, but we don't know the exact things because we're not very good at looking back and reviewing and then creating sort of preventative measures for Learning from kind of lethal transmission of a pandemic. And now we've got people. People like Ruddick, and I just read his nonsense, but they're everywhere who are saying, "Don't get vaccinated," and it's be- it's become mainstream. So when when we next have to, so it, one, it's not dealing with 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 COVID nineteen's various variants of of concern. So we've we've got COVID, and, and we will be living with COVID for you know forever. And people not getting vaccinated for that, so that's going to put a strain on on health resources. But then, when we get to our next pandemic, we we won't a won't be properly prepared for it again. And two, when vaccines are created, people will go, oh, "What's the point of this?" Yeah, oh, like because okay. they've listened to all these extremists who 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 who. And, and, and it's almost become a belief in Australia now that the that COVID vaccines don't work. It's insane. It's based insane. on the based on the nonsense about transmissibility. Well, that was bullshit as well, of course. Yes, they didn't trust the transmissibility, but it's logic that it would reduce transmissibility because it reduces the severity of symptoms, the longevity of symptoms, and the likelihood of catching it. That's transmission. It's just anyway. It is very uh, frustrating. So I'll just put it to you quickly before we move on. What do you reckon the vaccination rates would be now if if we did it all again? Oh, a lot lower. I mean, I was yeah. just looking at statistics because I, I did have a go at, at Ruddick's stuff. And by, by January 2022, with, with the vaccines rolled out in Australia, having been rolled out for almost a year, we were at 91% fully vaccinated in New South Wales. Okay, yeah. so I, I didn't look at Australia wide. We were 92%, well, 91.3, I think. And... and I wonder, yeah, I, I just wonder if people are going to do it. I mean, I I, I, I've spoken to that many people who say, I'll get, I've had the two and I'm not going to get any more because they've believed this stuff that they've been told that, oh, well, you can't stop transmissibility. I mean, what are these clowns like Ruddick? Do they actually recommend that people don't receive a, an influenza vaccine, which is the same thing in terms of, Yes, you can still transmit it. Yes, you can still get it. Yes, you can still develop symptoms. But generally speaking, those symptoms will not be as acute as they might be. Uh-huh. So most people of a certain age have been taking the, the flu vaccine, influenza vaccine for, for a long time. Uh-huh. And, and it is actually less effective than COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, yeah, true. And, 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 and good on them for doing that because having a really bad case of influenza when you're 65 or 75 can be a death sentence. I had a case of the flu about 10 years ago and I've got the flu shot since because I genuinely questioned my mortality. If you get a bad flu, you're sick for a long time. It was fucking horrid. very sick. It was fucking horrid. And what I will say with the the jab is that I got four mRNAs. I got the Pfizer, Pfizer, Moderna, Moderna. And my last two, the Moderna, Moderna, the side effects were so harsh, I genuinely started questioning my sort of cost-benefit analysis on, on, on the jab and work with old people, got to make sure I'm up to date. But at the same time, fuck, it was hard. Then I went and did a clinical trial for Novavax. 
the first one, almost no side effects. The second one, mild but noticeable fatigue. Yeah, that's all I've ever had with with two Pfizer boosters. If anyone, I, you know, is, I just felt a bit washed out for a day. If anyone's curious about, if anyone's experienced the kind of side effects I got with the mRNA that really kicked their ass with Moderna, I took like a day and a half off. I was fucked. But Novavax is really low side. I don't know the efficacy. It might be less. But between yes, Novavax and Novavax, I would go Nova any day of the week, especially if you work with vulnerable people. You know, it's it's important to be mindful of these sort of things. Anyway, yep. so the whole disease X thing is being run by the World Health Organization. Ooh. Yeah, better get those hangings out. So the Director General of the WHO, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Is that? That sounds made up to me, Joel. It does. I looked at the. I was like, I know Ted Ross. Oh wow, his his surname. I presume. Awesome. He, I presume he's Egyptian with a name like that. Actually, I should. I think he's somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's North Africa. I don't know. Either way, he made a statement basically saying we shouldn't be worried about this whole serious disease X because it's fucking made up. I'm trying to clarify sort of the misinformation around the purpose of the exercise when someone like that says the word misinformation. It is like a red rag to idiots. So this, of course, triggered cookers who were very, very busy spreading the disinformation about the exercise that he was referring to. He said misinformation, which I think he was giving them a bit of He's uh, Ethiopian, by the way. I do apologize. Ethiopian. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting country. So look, this is obviously a pretty good idea because like whether you think a bloke ate a bat or fucked a pangolin or left a door open at a lab, it doesn't actually matter. At the end of the day, viruses are bastards. And while new ones are mostly fairly boring and we don't really notice them, every now and then a real cunt of a bug turns up just like COVID and we have to respond to it. And it might be really fucking annoying. Or, well, okay, here's a revolutionary idea from Russell Brand. We don't. You fucking genius. So I endured this shit take today. And it was actually too, quite too funny busy, because- Too busy. Look, you know, the, the man's busy, you know, committing sexual assaults. Well, I mean, look, it does take up a lot allegedly. of the day. You know, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, his calendar does read, make crap content, sexually assault person, make crap content. Allegedly, allegedly. So allegedly, allegedly. I was making a coffee this morning and I got a sudden urge to take shit. And in that bathroom, I watched this video. And I tell you what, I watched it on double speed because it, I, it, yeah, you anyway. need to get you need to get through that stuff quick. I just want it done. So he was upset they were researching possible responses to a future pandemic because he's worried that the research might backfire and ultimately create another lab leak. And this is a very like common trope in the conspiratorial. We shouldn't prepare for a pandemic group, but it's like what what like what is this based on? Like what is this fear based yeah, on? Don't, okay. don't conduct any medical research. I mean, pandemics or, or, or viral viral medical research at all. Just, in just, case. just end it. It's over. It's over because we might make a mistake. Cool. Okay. That's dumb. Also, he's pushing non-toxic hand creams. Oh, well, he's gotta he's gotta pay for the lawyers somehow, Joe. He does. But guess who the non-toxic hand creams are made by? Tell me. Give it to me, Joel. Charlene Bollinger. Oh, my God. You know her. She's the one behind. Well, oh, she's yes, I know her. half of the truth about cancer empire with Ty Bollinger, her husband. It was so embarrassing. He even said in his little advertisement halfway through the video that they were from high vibration, like Italian glass or something. What? Like the glass container oh, somehow made it- well. Better with vibrate. He's a fucking idiot. Anyway, look, when it comes down to it, you just need to know, once again, the Bollingers are 
absolute scam artist. They are the people that basically encourage people to avoid traditional cancer treatments and pay them a shitload of money for unproven woo science, basically injecting your own piss, and it kills people. So yeah. we covered these people in 38, yes, 44, and 56, and various other things, but that was what came up first on Google Drive. But he's in bed with those cunts, and they are really bad people. Terrible so people. just fuck you, Russell Brand, again. Yeah, look, we took we we took a look at this, and there was, in fact, a very sad case of uh, of of a young girl, largely propelled by her mother, I think, to seek treatments, so called treatments from Bollinger, from from the Bollingers, and the state got involved and 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 started, you know, then we took in California and, and started saying that she she basically needed to front up for chemo. It's a very very complex issue when 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 the state really has to put their foot down and say, look, this is not in your best interest. So she actually fled to Mexico and and Ty Bollinger dragged her back into the US and she did go through the did go through these sort of you know pointless treatments with the Bollingers and finally got back to to having whether it was chemo or radio or immunological treatments I don't know yeah but it was too late too and, late and, and and she died it's I reckon there's probably hundreds if not thousands of those I mean, stories these trust me on this people if you're diagnosed with cancer do not go the woo science route do not even think about oh well you know I'm gonna have the chemo I'm gonna have the radio I'm gonna have the surgery but I might just try this because you know I understand the mentality you're thinking I'll try whatever whatever to get yeah. out of yeah going what is really vigorous awful or rigorous and awful treatment, and I'll pay whatever as well, which is the reason why fuckheads this, like this, this is why. are so wealthy. Yeah, this is why. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 it's it's not saying anything revolutionary to say if you're diagnosed with cancer, you listen to the oncologist, you listen to the specialist, and they will lay out a treatment plan for you, and it may not be very pleasant, but you have to go and do it. Yeah, yeah, or you can give up. I know people and die and die. from from the alt scene who yeah had. Well, I remember when I was diagnosed. Look, I've, I've, I mean, I've always, I've, I've never been the one to say, okay, whatever you guys want to do. When I was, when I was re-diagnosed with with cancer in the urethra, I was sort of saying, well, I don't know that I want to do anything about this. Yeah, it's and, pretty dire. And, and I rang an oncologist who'd been treating me, and I said, well, what happens if I don't do anything? And then he explained what would happen, and I thought, yeah, okay, your dick will kill something. you. Actually, kill you. That's- Things will come out of your dick. Cancers will grow out of your penis. Oh my god! I thought, yeah, probably, probably don't want that. Gonna need to put a fucking gonna content warning on this episode. It's gonna make masturbation tricky for a start. Yes, yes, it will. Well, where will you start? I mean, so much to choose from. Anyway, we're not gonna keep joking about that because that's dark as fuck. All right, so going back to Russell Brand, who is annoying as fuck and has that like brand of chaos which just makes it, oh, pun intended, by the way, that, you know, makes everything so quick-moving and confusing, it obfuscates the point. And you would think that someone who's trying to deliver a message, the last thing they want to do is obfuscate a point. But the thing is, he constantly contradicts himself. He just makes wild, sweeping claims. So oh, the idea of the, making He's it, doing it for the paycheck, mate. I know, he's, he's, I know he's got, you know, this sort of anti-government views and all that sort of stuff that have been forming for some time. But, but he is just... This is just a paycheck, surely. Oh, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. The guy's got a lot of money, but he wants more, and he's been... He'll need, he'll need more, mate. If he's pushing truth about cancer, 
fucking Charlene Bollinger's hand cream. Oh, mate, that's, yeah, you know that there's no... It doesn't get much lower than that, does it? There's no fucking floor for this guy. But this is the thing, right? So he contradicts himself and asserts himself as being this, like, you come to me for the truth, and by the way, here's both sides of it. By the way, they both conflict with each other. By the way, they're both true. Okay, cool. Thanks, mate. Good communication. (laughs) So in this situation, this really pissed me off because he's angry that Big Farm will make money off the next pandemic. Well, he always is. Fair enough, though. You know, it's always something to be careful of. You know, you don't want the grift to be going crazy. But also the fact that the government shouldn't be funding the research. So, okay, I guess we just don't do anything. No research. No research. No research. So not only that. Well, the research monkeys will be pleased. Yes, actually, to be fair, they, they would because there's probably a lot of really fucked up things happening in these places. So Brand managed to get this really banal smoking gun moment. You can see how fucking excited he is. When he realised that the research being performed in the UK or in England to try and predict and prevent the next pandemic and prepare for it is being done in a sort of somewhat secretive lab called Porton Down. It's not secretive as such, but it is tied to the military. Well, you're not, to going to announce, you're not going to announce where you are because you're going to have cookers just banging on the doors. Yeah, can't steal any buildings. Ugh, painful. So... The goal for this this project in Porton Down is to create the means to develop a vaccine to any sort of future pandemic within 100 days. So cough, discovery, 100 days, vaccine or cure. They creatively titled it the 100 days mission. Very, very good. Don't expect researchers to be creative or interesting. Should so be, should Brad, be an apostrophe after days. But anyway. Really? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, not. too worried about that. Okay, let's move so, on. Brand decides that these labs are also creating bioweapons. Okay. Well, see, the biological weapons program was disbanded in 1950. Now, obviously, the government could be lying about this. That's what they want you to believe, Joe. Exactly. And look, I can't discount that. I can't say objectively either either way. What I can Uh, say is- Pretty much, unless they would be, I mean, the UK would be in serious breach of its treaties if it did. Yes. So Brand's pulling this out of his ass. He's just fucking making this up. They do apparently develop to this day- they develop countermeasures to respond to existing biological warfare threats like anthrax. Yep. And in doing this, as you say, the rhesus monkeys, I think it's mostly pigs, they experiment on animals, which is kind of fucked up. So the place is kind of cursed, but not for the dumbass fucked reasons Brand is saying because he's full of shit. But this is an example of people trying to make it all about them. Brand had to comment on this because disease X is too sexy for him to let go. And the fact that Portant Down is working on a potential next pandemic just got his dick so hard, harder than non-consexual sex. So Brand finds out the pandemic response to this big, spooky, unknown plan disease X is being carried out in a place that is attached to the Defence Force and he gets super excited and claims that it's all linked to biological warfare. No basis. No basis. And, of course, he's talking about the vaccine that they're potentially developing, saying how badly the last one went because he's a vaccine. He believes it's becoming It's becoming a truth. Well, if you say it enough times, the numbers of studies, epidemiological, biostatistics, that point to the fact of how many lives the the COVID nineteen vaccine saved. Absolutely, we're talking millions. Probably not mine, but that's fine. I'm not. I'm not worried about that because it wasn't necessarily about me. It was also about the fucking community. Yeah, that's 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 the other thing. And I mean, people like Ruddick, 
They don't have a sense of community. No, they're libertarians. They're, they have this sense of, I won't be told by the government what to do. Now, no, not, not a lot of us like being told by the government what to do, and some of us don't pay much attention to it. Yeah. And we get on our recreational drugs and you know, do, do those things, and we're not going to be told. I have when been it comes to something like this, you're saying, well, it's not so much that I'm going to kowtow to a government. I'm actually going to – I'm worried about my mother – I'm worried about my grandfather. I'm worried about my my auntie who's got who's immuno. Yep. And so there is that sense of community, family, but 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 you know, friends and family who who are who are ill, people like people that we still still see to this day who are wearing masks. Yep. Generally speaking, because they are immuno. Yep. Or they've just got reason to be concerned, and that's fine. Sure, Give them space. whatever, whatever the reason. I Give mean, them and, space. And, and you've got fuckwits like Babbitt who, who, who believe they should be mocked and ridiculed. Yeah, with spit droplets all over their faces from people who don't test. Great. What could possibly go wrong? Fucking hell. Anyway, so look, I knew if we were going to do a normal news episode, I was going to get really pissed off. The, the black label is a lot more fun. I get more angry with this stuff. Anyway, so... Look, the responses from the usual suspects on Disease X are predictable and annoying. So Pete's been posting a bunch about it with no substance because that's what Pete's like. But there is no actual substance. And that's the thing that the conspiracy movement is wrestling with. They're grappling with this. Disease X sounds so sexy, but they have nothing really to say about it except for blah, blah, it's a pandemic, well, blah, it, blah, it, big pharma. It shows, it shows that, that in terms of scientific knowledge, they don't have any. No. Huh? There's nothing there. No. So when they talk about the behaviour of a virus, of course, I'm always drawn to the drawn to that wonderful line I think Pat Scheel invented uh, that, uh, that such and such has the morals of a virus and the mind of a duck. Ducks <laughs> like to, yeah, anyway, they've got similar traits to brand when it comes to interpersonal relationships. Indeed. Yes, they do. Anyway, so also just before I, I watched the video from Russell Brand this morning, I watched one from Dr. John Campbell, which is like this weird English old guy who's gone anti-vax and fucking delusional. Oh, and no. he does have a, a grasp on science. And he, he, you know, he has been a practicing doctor and blah, blah, blah. So he goes on this video, which was about 10 minutes too long. And he went on about how he looked at all his manuals of diseases to find what disease X was and couldn't find it. And therefore, it must be a new disease. And I'm like, what are, What point are you making here? So hypoth- hypothetical virus that they're using to simulate potential responses. And you're like, well, I have looked in all my manuals I have because I'm a big doctor man. They're on my bookshelf because I'm a doctor man. But since I've looked at all my doctor man books, I have no not found of an X virus. It's, it, must be, it must be a new virus. It Maybe it's new. in the unsealed section or the sealed sections of his books, Joe. Yes, yes, that if is. If it's X. Yeah, yeah, you've got to pull the pull that, like, that paper Erect penises and, and yeah. uh, exposed vaginas. Yeah, no, you've got to be careful that stuff. OFLC will slap. So yeah, I found that very painful. Like Just like everyone else, he made this video and I wanted to watch and see what he had to say and he had nothing to say, but he made a video anyway. Why? Just don't say anything. Just leave it the fuck alone. Why don't you just leave it the fuck alone? So I know that you were looking for a reason to involve Elon Musk. You were all like, oh, X, oh, Twitter, lol. No, not lol. Yes, actual reality. Because one of my favorite theories on disease X is that it's actually part of a war on X. Obviously, this is the social media form known as Twitter and has all the Nazis on it. So Jack- we're going back to 2017 when when – Disease X was first created by W. Wright and, and, and 
yeah, I guess, you know, Elon Musk, oh, wow, it's, it's only a matter of time before he trademarks the letter X. Yeah, basically that's probably already been done, but let's face it, a contentious trademark at best. What I will say is that- uh, I don't if, think you can, yeah, I don't think you can actually trademark a letter of the alphabet. But I, I think you can do certain things. I'm sure he has with his lawyers and uh, he's probably done things that are illegal that will just be knocked out by the courts, which is pretty funny oh, as well. well. Look, if he's going whole hog, uh, you know, anyone anyone who goes for an x-ray will have to pay him some money. So they should. So they fucking should. <laughs> anyway, so as you wanted this to be somehow tied into Elon Musk, here it is. Read the tweet. Have some fun. Suck this one in. 2024 WEF planning X war. Use X. Freedom of speech while you can. He's talking about the Twitter yes. platform. Yes. X. Yes. Formerly known as Twitter. Formerly. It was zero coincidence. The WHO, boo, and the WEF, ah, are warning about <laughs> disease X. They are sending a message to all WEF partners to shut down X. Now, that wasn't Elon, though. That was some random dickhead. All right. It got about 70 views, one of them mine. So I just want to give you an idea of what the consensus is around a lot of really cooked people because – that's one of like the the more articulately put ones, but this I was sentiment say, is everywhere. Elon, it's it's not quite up to no no no. Elon. But uh, but he has had some pretty good ones recently, and it does really show that Elon's standards of intellectual conversation have gone down so far that you could attribute anything to that man, and you'd be like, oh yeah, he could have said that. Yeah, oh, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a fucking idiot. Token if he had authored this tweet, but he hadn't. Oh my god. Anyway, there's another one just to give you an idea of what people are saying. And this is again from one of one of these sort of rusted on idiots. Just random fuckwit. Randos. I don't care about his candle. Code X is this platform. They think X is a disease they need to combat. All that talk information. Them need to crush. <laughs> that's Ooh. that's that's what he wrote. <laughs> I see a couple of problems there. Yeah, I thought you'd like- give me the red pen. Yeah, I just got this urge to just just uh, to fix all that up. But anyway, yeah. Do you think yeah, it's a coincidence X is that a I, disease? I X is the platform. No. They're after Elon. Yeah, no. They, them need to crush. Them need to crush. Them so, need to crush. Them need to crush. So this all happened. This started in 2018, huh? I'm like fuck you. So I mean, Elon's fucking ever, isn't he? Yeah, he's not going anywhere. And look, in keeping on to the topic of Elon Musk, who has become such a staple of the conspiracy universe that it's almost impossible to discuss something cooked without this fuckwit being involved, Musk posted a picture of a man and a woman having sex in an extensive, sorry, an expensive apartment. I saw this. But the man is watching Javier Malay's speech at the WEF on a laptop instead of focusing on his lover. The tweet reads, so hot. And uh-huh. it's not yeah. Royal Navy, that is right now. Cool. Now, I can tell you right now, if I was banging abroad in a 21st floor apartment in the digital city that that guy was in, I wouldn't be watching the nerdy speech yeah. of an anarcho-capitalist edgelord. I'm going to say edgelord a lot in the next I know while. you're close to orgasm, but we need to stop because Javier Malay's talking. Yeah, he's saying something about collective action, and uh, this right here is collective action, and it's bad. So let's just step back and reflect. So, look, aside from the fact this tweet is edgelord nonsense and it's got this huge pick-me sort of vibe, he's trying to show that he's cool. 
You know, he hates the WF. He loves libertarianism. He's always on trend, although actually, generally speaking, Elon Musk is about five years behind trend. Yeah. But, that's, that. you know, well, this is his thing, right? But the thing is, and this is one thing that people should really note, is that rich people love libertarianism because they're rich. Middle class people are very similar as well. They don't need government in their lives. There's nothing to really benefit from them. Well, except for his heavily subsidized companies that made him rich. Generally speaking, billionaires, millionaires, and all in between can get whatever they want, whatever they want, thanks to capitalism, and they love this. Except for organs, of course, because yes, Steve Jobs couldn't. No live organs. No. Sorry, Steve. Couldn't get that. No, that didn't work out for him. Look, I just wanted to say that in terms of judgment, I noted a tweet from Elon, and he predicted that Vivek Ramaswamy would go much better oh. than his polling results at in the Iowa caucus. He ended up with 2%, which pretty much was his polling result polling result in Iowa and has now since bowed out. And I just got the feeling maybe Elon, maybe he's not the most gifted genius that I've that I've come across. No, no, he's I'm starting to wonder if he's, you know, a little bit stupid. Yeah. And it's like it's it's really difficult because one of the things that's interesting about Elon Musk and that inexplicable World's richest man, yet apparently stupid. How do you reconcile that? But I saw recently, I think, I think it was on John Oliver, where Elon just basically was saying, yeah, we uh, we sort of said that it would do this and it didn't. But uh, yeah, we're just going to stick with that. Yeah, I guess we just, yeah, we just said it. And it's like the ability to just fucking lie is such a massive asset to a visionary to just be like, you know what? We're going to go to Mars. And you're like, okay, how are you going to do it? Ah, figure it out. So we are going to go to Mars though, right? Yeah, 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 100%. Okay, but you've got a plan for that, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No, no, but seriously, you've got a plan. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, there is, there's a plan in place. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, think that, I yeah. don't think a man shipped to Mars is that far away, according to his own time Yes, frame. but he will lie about actual plan would, and then do it I wouldn't be clambering it, into eventually. one of his rockets in a big hurry. He's a fucking liar, and that's no, the main thing. They tend to just explode pretty much about uh, 400 metres above uh, the surface of the Earth. And to be fair, he does these things also. Well, they do this. The organization does this to gather data and, and learn from their mistakes. But sure. the thing about Musk is that he is one of those people who can just lie to investors and then try and scramble to figure out how to make it. It's that thing of like two things here. Anything is possible when you lie and don't apologize. Don't ask for permission. Just apologize. Because asking for permission will stop you from doing something Whereas apologizing later is just a part of business, bro. Well, yeah, cool. I get that. I get how disruption and Silicon Valley and bros and all that cool stuff exists. But it's also really fucked up. And it's the sign of a fucking sociopath. And it very much reflects his despicable politics. Anyway. God, I just, I'm not a fan. Well, so, look, I just want to say, for those who don't know, Javier Malay is the recently elected Argentinian president yes. who is a self-described anarcho-capitalist. A little Ugh. bit of background there. Argentina's economy is in in the shit and has been for a very, very long time. And it's the, the International hi- Monetary Fund has a lot to do with again, that. And there's a sense of you know, just sort of failed governance around the place. So naturally, sooner or later, a la Trump, that you will turn to a populist because there is nothing else to be done. There is yeah, you know, yeah. a lack of confidence in, in, in political institutions. And, and that's when you get someone like Javi or Malay. I did see Malay, it, Malay has, has tried to bring in, you know, sort of rather crippling industrial relations reforms, which Failed. will effectively cut 
people's salaries yeah. and and it's all been held up in the courts. Yeah. So all this kind of revolution of libertarianism stuff, it's, it, it just – it just it doesn't pan out this way. I one mean, I, 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 when we get to a populist like Trump, tell me one thing he did in his first four years or his four four years as president, besides giving massive tax tax cuts away to the super rich and big corporations, and to a degree filtering down into the middle class. To a degree. Besides that. There was nothing. There was the legislative agenda didn't exist. He was supposed to do wonderful things with healthcare. It didn't happen. And then, then he got busted on the pandemic, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. So I'll add like a tiny little addendum to that, which is that basically when it comes to Argentina's woes, economic woes, a lot of them are based around the forced policies from organisations like the International Monetary Fund who bailed out the economy with loans but also had strict neoliberal stipulations attached to them. This is like they hammer this into us at Political Economy at University of Sydney. And those neoliberal reforms to basically, you know, reduce the power of labour unions, to free up the market and stuff like that is exactly what he's planning to do. Ironically, yes, exactly. these are the things that got them in the shit because they're unable to protect their industries with the government protections. They're unable to foster a domestic industry because the globalized market is like they're exposed to the globalized market so much because they ha- have no control over tariffs and things like that because of these structural adjustment programs now he is the structural adjustment program but there's no loan attached to it he's just a guy who got voted in to fuck the country it's insane anyway my, look my main criticism of javier malay is that he looks like a hobbit um, <laughs> he t- does he does look like he looks like a glasses, bad version fuck. of Frodo Baggins. He is unfuckable. He really is unfuckable. He's and you very, know, he's very, very unattractive man. Trump is almost unfuckable, but he manages. Malay is unfuckable. Anyway, so look, Malay's speech was this sort of cocktail of buzzwords to get his fucking cap and cap bros horny. He opened with this. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. Could be a fucking Jordan Peterson. Tweet, right? Like, you know, just so boring. And followed with this. Uh, And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Okay, cool. Did you read that off the back of a fucking coaster? I mean, look, this is a guy who gets his policy advice from talking to his dogs. And I'm not kidding. Look it up. I thought that was a joke. No, he actually, like, just look it up. I'm not going to – maybe we'll do a deep dive in one, but he, he does. He, he relies on his dogs for advice. Anyway, he goes on to say this. Socialism is a phenomenon that creates poverty, he said, adding that free enterprise capitalism is the only tool we have to end hunger and poverty. There's a little bit to be said for that. <sighs> but overall, if you listen to this guy and his views on, let's say, the Ukrainian conflict – you'd find that he is basically not that big a supporter of the West. No. And also that big a supporter bullshit. of Europe and the freedoms therein. One thing that I will say is that capitalism inherently relies on poverty. It actually does. Because if everyone's wealthy, then capitalism doesn't work. There needs to be a sort of bell curve. So when it comes to the idea of capitalism eradicating poverty, well, A, it hasn't. But B, look at the situation now where people at the World Economic Forum have said, okay, maybe we can help alleviate hunger with insects. And everyone's shit themselves and gone, I'm not fucking eating an insect. 
You're not going to eat an insect. You're rich. But there's about 2 billion people who'd be pretty stoked to have protein meal in their flour made of crickets because it would mean that they could live for another week, you fucking assholes. Great cattle industry in Argentina, by the way. Terrific steaks. Yeah, they actually do have. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why he's so pissy about it. So, Musk, fellow anarcho-capitalist and cap fuckface, perpetually online edgelord, called the speech a good explanation of what makes countries more or less prosperous. Now, I know that hearing that, you think, okay, cool. So Musk, he said that he has outlined what countries do to be successful or the things, the pitfalls that, that they might fall into. Musk also recently theorized the reason why the youth are so smart is because an increase in cesarean deliveries and childbirth have allowed babies' brains to grow bigger. I'm not fucking kidding. He said this is in Twitter. <laughs> he also said, and he's right about that the Chinese economy is going to be going to end up being two to three times bigger than the United than that of the United States. Well, it's, they're probably on about par at the moment, and so you have to say, okay, well, well, not a lot of capitalism in China, though, is there? Yeah, a bit of central planning, but it seems to have worked. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Look, well, work to a point. I mean, I, I well, still think they've got some massive problems with real estate. Yes, there's some entire cities and flats there. that are just abandoned. But, uh, man, that'd be so cool to explore. Unfortunately, you're probably shot, though, which sucks. But anyway, look, I really like that cesarean thing. He's a fucking idiot and should never be taken seriously. So, Milholm is insane. And he apparently intends to abolish the central bank. I don't think he understands what it does. He's going to slash the labor laws like you just mentioned. This is to encourage investment in Argentina, and I kind yeah, of that, get that, that but also don't. So, so if he's going to get rid of the essential bank, he'll be setting interest rates, a government setting interest rates. I believe rates. the plan is to peg it to the US economy. He's going to peg yeah, to the well, US, which like isn't the, like isn't the most ridiculous thing. But one thing that the euro taught euro countries, and not England, who chose not to go with the euro, of course, is that being able to choose your own currency – like interest rates and things like that, to at least to be able to have some controls over it is actually really massive because strangely enough, the needs of Greece were different to the needs of Holland. Huh, never would have thought. So in situations like this where Argentina's just like, oh, you know what, we'll just peg ourselves the biggest economy and that will just follow through. In a lot of ways, that'll work. In some ways, it won't. Let's find out. It is one of those things where you just go, okay, cool. I'm just going to throw this Molotov cocktail and see if it burns the house or not. Like, dude, don't. Just leave it alone. Fires aren't that fun. Anyway, so the main thing about this, which is quite painful, is the labor laws and the ability of people to collectively organize, which is something he really doesn't like, for their rights. He doesn't like those. He doesn't like rights. He wants people to just shut the fuck up and work and basically bring uh, dodgy, exploitative capital into the country. He's also going to implement a package, which is going to be real popular. Now, this will dramatically reduce the size of government, but the Argentinian government is famously fat and probably does need some reforms. But you don't just take a fucking chainsaw to it. Take a scalpel. Take a scalpel. Okay. Idiot. Anyway, so look, at the end of the day, it's a bad idea Unless you've got money. And then it doesn't matter because you don't really notice these reforms because you've got money. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And that's people like Musk who cheerlead this shit. All these ANCAP middle-class fuckheads who live in the US have no skin in the game. Hey, some of these companies are going to save a fortune because their wages bill have gone down because the workers cannot unionize anymore. Isn't that lovely? But like you say, the sweeping reform that happened recently was held up by the courts, was challenged by unions, 
Now, that's held up. It's not struck out. And whether these things do get reformed by the Argentine Congress or whether deals are made, I'm not sure. But what we have here is you have an edgelord president who's been elected by a bunch of fucking weird kids who now have all these assholes on Twitter excited for reasons that I don't understand. Those people on Twitter have zero skin in the game, but this is just a part of the culture wars. It's one of their ideological allies who put into a very powerful position, and that makes them wet. So it'll be really interesting to see how this one plays out because in reality, whether this actually turns out to be a disaster, we're not sure. But the ship has sailed, and we'll fucking see. I hate to think that Argentina is going to fall into the sea like I think it's going to. To close, the World Economic Forum has become the absolute boogeyman of the far right. Oh, yeah. Before well, it was just uh, a not I can't send a tweet or write a sentence without, without shit-canning uh, the WF. Oh, fuck, and Klaus as well. I mean, calm down. Yes, he sounds like a Bond villain, but that's just childish. You know, read his books. Read his fucking books. Oh, None of you well, have. Uh, the same thing with Ruddick and Roberts, these others. They are hoping to get enough votes to get them back in the parliament. And there's great. I'd say One Nation's chances. He's up for re-election in the next federal election, by the way, Tony Weenie. And I'd say his chances of making it through, based on 22 results, oh, sorry, the, the, the results in 2022, were not likely to give him any confidence that he will be returned to the Senate. And <clears throat> and so that makes him even more screaming and, you know. Yes, he needs the attention. <laughs> yeah. Desperate, desperate throws are fucking dying. Yeah, he's going to get more and more desperate, as these guys all are. I mean, I mean, um, Ruddick is in the position of where he can. He, he's been elected for I think it's six years. Six years, and, yeah, so. And and there's every chance he'd be elected because the because the, uh, the the uh, the upper house circumstances there, you can get you can get elected with that four percent of the vote. It's it's pretty easy if you've got a good like sort of party backing. So it is it's a tricky for, one for for teeny weenies. He's going to need for a half senate election. Let's presume that's going to be the case. He'll need nine. Yeah, and that's that is definitely that is a lot. I mean, like there, it's a lot for one nation. They haven't polled anywhere near that in Queensland for a, for a long time. There are votes in this conspiratorial fringe right wing movement against things like WF, but there's as you said not enough votes. But the thing and, is- and it's so unreliable. Well, I mean, look, you know, when when Roberts sort of turned his back on, I think cloud seeding or you know what do they call it, climate engineering, and it was like, oh, this guy's done it again. And after this is what the cookers were saying, after he shit canned them on the um, on the on the pedo, the what was it, the twenty six pedo names, yeah, twenty eight, it is, yeah, 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 and and, yeah, and he, he actually came out good. and proved to them that wasn't true, and of course they didn't believe him. He shouldn't have done that. He should have kept his mouth shut. <laughs> You know, these people are addicted to counter counter narratives and oh, yeah. you cannot tell them. No, you really absolutely fucking cannot. So what I will say is is that when it comes to disease X especially, the World Economic Forum has become either people like Malcolm and Teeny Weeny, an electoral wedge they can use to try and scrape down just enough votes to get through, or another way to amplify your message as some sort of like wanker content producer influencer fuckwit to sell your product. We're going to see... People saying that the World Health Organization is about to inflict horrible tyranny and screw us all over unless you buy our supplements. Buy our supplements and be healthy because the pandemic is coming. You better be healthy. Then you got this other fuckwit I was watching this morning who was just saying basically you need to invest in crypto because you can't rely on 
traditional markets Flip because gas. disease X is coming and it's going to throw everything into disarray. So will skyrocket when the pandemic comes out. They're clearly planning it, Event 201, COVID, disease X, this. So all they're doing is selling shit. That's all there is. So it's just this bogeyman of the far right for pissy electoral success on the fringe, an addiction to creating disinformation which gets them excited, and over everything, content creators using fear porn to sell things to idiots. That's where we're at. More elections up last, Giles. What we need to weed these people out. Yeah, well, the council elections are going to be fucking demoralising because cunts are going to get elected. Uh, well, Darren didn't get his numbers. Didn't get his. What? Oh, Bergerworth? Didn't get his. Didn't get. They, ha- they held a, a, a meeting and were calling for, for people to come along and give him, I think, the 200 signatures required. Oh, no. And they only and he got didn't 20. Get it. They only got 20. <laughs> so not looking good. Might have a few few Donald Ducks in there, a couple of Mickey Mouses. Well, the problem is is they'll go down to Coles and they'll stand outside on Australia Day and they'll put up a platform basically saying, here is our moderate candidate. He believes in fiscal responsibility and climate change. They'll just fucking lie and they'll get their signatures because what they'll we'll do is see. They'll, they'll say whatever they need to say to get in. We'll see. It was a bad day liars. for Darren, put it that way, well, yesterday. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Fuck him. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Now, it is only on the conditional release program where we ask the question, are New Zealanders the most cooked people on earth? The answer is, with all the, having a look at all the data, is sure, why not? No, no, no. Victorians, if they were to secede, would be the most cooked country. Oh, the Kiwis have got them covered, I reckon. Yeah, we did have, good. of course, the, the data leak there, Joel. A yeah. bit of background on that for people who don't know. A database administrator employed by Health New Zealand, known as Tiwatu Ora, illegally gave Kerr the underlying data. Now, that, that Kerr, she's a cooker. Steve Kerr, yeah. she, he created the optical mouse, which I'm forever thankful for, but also just get off Twitter. Yeah. He gave Kirsty underlying data he uses in analysis. On November 30, the worker appeared in a video with Liz Gunn, a New Zealander known for spreading conspiracy theories and her opposition to the COVID-19 vaccine, discussing the vaccine's database and making claims similar to Kirsch's. We'll go through that. Apparently, the analysis done by, done by Kirsch has led to a conclusion that overall 13 million people had died around the world from the dreaded jab. Or one in what was it, Joel? One in five, one in five New five. Zealanders. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, twenty percent died from the vaccine. Yeah. You think people would notice, you know? But uh, New Zealand is a quiet place where people tend to keep themselves. If one so, in five yeah. sheep died over there, Those they'd fucking notice. <laughs> they'd notice. And next door neighbours, they've been quiet, but we won't check on them. No, I'm sure they're very but, friendly. But honestly, it's such an embarrassing. One of the things about like just you know to quickly not to go too far off it, but people like Steve Kirsch. Are so just just completely disconnected from reality is they think that New Zealand kind of doesn't exist, so they can just say shit, right? Like they can just say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. people die, yeah, don't worry about they, it." It's they're, all they're going for a, they're going for another audience. It's got a huge Australia doesn't exist vibe to it, but New Zealand is even easier to just make shit up about yeah. and not worry about it. But There's the New Zealand now that he speaks all right. to is look the shepherds. If we're getting back to this premise that New Zealand is the most cooked country on earth, it seems like the Americans have been swigging bleach to, to cure all manner of ailments. Good. Uh, including for COVID. 
possibly on the back of one of Donny Trump's weirder moments when he told the American public in April 2020. So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, I can't do it, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, where you, which you can do either through the skin or in some other way, and I think you said you're going to test that too. It sounds interesting. And then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute. One minute. And there is a way we could do something like that, by injection inside or almost a cleaning. Uh, because, you see, it, it gets in the lungs, and it does tremendous number on the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. Yes. As, look, as an official communication from the White House, everyone involved knew it was a seminal moment. I mean, there was a lovely piece in Politico written a year afterwards that interviewed a lot of people in the White House and then communications advisors around D.C., and they all just went, this was the lowest moment of the Trump presidency. <laughs> and, and the Trump, it, it was obvious to everybody in the country, not just, not just in the White House, but around the country who was watching these briefings. He was doing daily briefings. The Trump was in way over his head and, on pandemic management, he just he basically didn't get it, and the daily briefing stopped not long after. That was yeah. the other thing. But nevertheless, Joel, let's just see how influential that call was, because Time Magazine reported. Yeah, so in January, February, and March of 2020, accidental poisonings with household disinfectants were up by five, seventeen, and ninety-three percent respectively over the same yeah, month. But this in is still before Trump has spoken. Just. Insane. So in April, which includes an eight-day period from the 23rd of the month to the 30th, following Trump's comments, the increase was 121 <laughs> compared to April of 2019. It's happening, guys. So in the first 10 days of May, things settled down some with poisonings up 69% over the same 10-day period. Only 69% up. In 2019. Well, that's good. That's a reduction. Well, that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, Less many poisonings. more poisonings. And then later, not quite so many. Oh, I tell you, you what. I'm gonna well done, Donald. Well done, everyone. But back to New Zealanders, where a Waikato man, Roger, the living man, has been sentenced to 10 months and two days in the slammer for knocking out a bit of bleach to kill COVID, just like the Trumpster had recommended. He did nothing wrong. The New Zealand Herald reports. So Blake had previously been warned about promoting the product in 2009, 2011, when it was claimed then that it cured cancer. That's not good. You're a bit Bollinger, aren't you, champion? So, however, when the pandemic kicked off in February 2020, he and his company began to market as a cure for COVID. Not surprising. In court, Crown Prosecutor Paige Norland said that there was a degree of commerciality to his offending, explaining the company's profits shot up by 265% between December 2019 and mid-July 2020 and saw a bank at least $106,798 and 76 cents. That is it's a lot of bleach. Very specific. So while she submitted the offending was not overly sophisticated, <coughs> he did target vulnerable people and it involved scaremongering to the highest degree. Cooker behavior. Given it occurred during a global pandemic. Exactly. This is how they fucking do it. They scare you and they show you shit. Blake also refused to cooperate with a pre-sentence report writer to assess electronically monitored sentencing option. Very Monica. Very Monica. 
Now, Mr. Living Man wasn't just knocking out bleach. He was flogging MMS. Oh, uh, we talk about this. An attenuated form of bleach. It's chlorine dioxide mixed with water. Now, we've uh, covered all this on the, on the CR pod with the MMS stuff. We've taken a long, hard look at Jim Humble, the founder of the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing, which heals God, fear, and folk of whatever ails them by swigging on a bottle of MMS. Or flushing their ass with it. Yeah, sometimes the animals. Mm. Yeah, children. You know, are yeah. we? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Mr. Living Man, who was a god botherer too, was knocking yes. out MMS to cure cancer initially, as you said, Joe. It doesn't, folks. We've talked about that before. It will melt your esophagus or indeed your colon and you'll be sucking down macros through a cannula for the rest of your life. Oh, this is worse than cancer, trust me on this. I can only imagine one of those dinky Macca's cheeseburgers vitamised and mainlined, mainlined into your veins. It would be a deeply unsatisfying experience. Mm-hmm. It's no happy meal, put it that way. No. But the COVID came along and Mr. Living Man, and by the way, we know he's a living man because he was standing up in court. Yes. Along came COVID and this Jesus fiddler, don't fiddle with Jesus. <laughs> this Jesus fiddler decided there was money to be made during a pandemic. Yes, he did. MMS was not only an oncological treatment, but a perfect way of getting rid of the COVID lurgy. Yeah. It was true business genius. Sales went through the roof up by 265%. Hey. It's the sort of rapid sales growth that un-Australian woolies would make if only they'd stock green and gold thongs. Don't forget the stubby holders. They're very important. I've got, I think, like two of them somewhere that were like just stained with mud. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just, I don't even know where they fucking came from. Gross. So at the sentencing, Blake was asked for his thoughts on sentencing by Judge Crowley and for the first time often, albeit in the third person, some remorse for his actions. Oh, dear. He really did. He did. He did. Oh, fuck he did. you. Okay. So this is Roger saying this. Roger has something to say for the court record. That's just not cool. And then he went on to say that he was in deep water due to his lack of understanding of the court's procedures. I myself acknowledge my mistakes. Did you think maybe you'd say, Roger acknowledges his mistakes, you <laughs> fucking psychopath? Quote, looking back, would I have done things differently? Yes. Looking forward, will I do anything different? Yes. It's so, a standard cooker, almost self-sit stuff there. Psychotic. Um, where you ask yourself a bunch of easy questions so that you know the answers for. Just asking <laughs> questions, Jack. Just asking questions. Fuck <laughs> you. This guy sucks. Oh, man. What the fuck are you up to, bro? Well, yes. Now, basically, has this little has this little uh, mea culpa in the court. Did it work? <laughs> Yeah. Look, one of the things he's done there, Joel, and, and it is unforgivably illegal, is that he's referred to himself in the third person. No good. And as we know, and as we've discussed on this show many, many times, the only the only permissible legal way in which that could be done is if you are playing for the Australian men's test cricket side. I you still, can refer I to yourself in the third person if you are a test cricketer. If not... You've committed a very, very serious offence. So if Elise Perry does it, are you going to have a go at her? Oh, no. She's, she's kind of there. I think we'll let that, we let we just wave that through. Let the girls go. I mean, to be fair, because the girls just win every game they, they don't think I've about. I've never heard of Elise Perry going, well, Elise Perry did okay today. Yeah, no. The, the girls are above this, aren't they? <laughs> Look, he offered to the court, the living man, he, he offered to the court that he thought, you know, 21 days, tw- sorry, 28 days on remand, which he'd, he'd been in custody for, for a month before the trial came up. You know, he, he considered that was enough. That'll do. You know, sufficient punishment. That's good. In the third person. That's good. <laughs> and uh, we've been through this before, you know, like I say. Only men's 
test cricketers are allowed to refer to themselves in the third person. I make no the exception for the girls. And that includes yes. you, Mr. Living Man. Yeah. It turns out that the only, that only one person had fallen seriously ill from getting on the Living Man's MMS. Okay. Uh, and that tells me the Kiwis aren't going hard enough on it. Sipping instead of sculling. Yeah, no, it needs to go in the ass. Up the ass. Up the date. It's time to <laughs> get serious. Not just a little bit. Not just a drop or two. Get that bleach right up your date. Flush it. And get, get it cleaning. Flush it good. That door could possibly go wrong. Or if you grab a grab a bottle, scull the bloody thing, man. Get it all the way down. Yeah. What would Bob Hawke do? I mean, just having a little sip. It's no way to kill a virus. No, But no. maybe the living man doesn't need the bleach. No. Maybe there is a way of getting light into the body, Ooh. maybe through the skin or in some other way, Joel. Well, we're going to test it. We're going to test it, won't we? Stuff to ponder anyway. The living man has 10 months where he won't see a lot of light, although unbelievably he could shorten his sentence if he agrees to go through a parole process. Okay. Until then, he's off the bleach and the poor bastard can't get any light through the skin or in some other way. Very sad. Now, a quick look at the scoreboard, Joel. I think we have to say overall this is – he wasn't too – he wasn't rusted on soft sit. I think he's kind of New Zealand soft sit. He's sort of smattering of it. He went like the living man thing, but he hasn't done his and research. What have you, and then speaking you know. of himself in the third person in the courtroom. He hasn't very, paid very Mike Very, very soft court- sit. Okay. But yeah. overall, just like his predecessors on soft sits for the man, the scoreboard reads, the man won, soft sits, zero. It has been a huge week in Peter huge, Evans. Huge. It's been a while since we stuck the boot into our Cragmeister, but he's still posting. I don't know why, because no one actually really cares. Well, I mean, no. we do, I suppose. Kind of. Well, you do. Well, sort of. I mean, he still does automatically delete his post weekly. He's, he's got like a weekly time on his post. So it really is the week of Pete Evans. And I've, I've stipulated before that this may, well, I postulated before that maybe this is him sort of giving us a bit of a wink and saying, oh, okay, I'll give you the week. I'll give you the week. Thanks, Pete. Really appreciate your work. Yeah, good on you, mate. Well, we may as well. Look, Babbitt's been a fucking nightmare, but I think we need to go back to our roots. It's been a bit of a hiatus, so let's, let's just yes, go back to so. the brass tacks or craggy face tacks or whatever you want to call it, and let's look at our, our favourite craggy face cook and see what he's been up to. So we'll start off on a bright note. Larry Fink of BlackRock has come out and as a big believer in Bitcoin, they're trying to launch an ETF. We'll talk about that in a sec. But, like, Pete likes Bitcoin, so now they're mates. Now, it goes without saying to what? many people who watch Cookers that Larry Fink of BlackRock is one of the biggest bogeymen in the conspiracy universe yeah. behind Clash Wob, Bill Gates, huge problem. But now he's a cool guy because he thinks that fake money is a cool investment vehicle. Good. Okay. Cool. Pretty sure that's one of the more evil things he's done, but that's fine. He is a hypercapitalist and a piece of shit, and no one should like him, but he's been villainized, has always been very strange. See, the reason why they're putting him up on their shoulders and cheerleading for this fucking guy is the BlackRock are seeking to release an ETF, which is an exchange traded fund. So people can buy shares on the stock market, traditionally like, you know, Comsec, blah, 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 but they're underpinned by the value of Bitcoin. Cool. That also oh, yeah. increases this, the shit this, out this of the value. Sounds, of this sounds fantastic. Now, to give you an idea of why Larry Fink is such an evil man, I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. But outside of that, he spoke fondly of the environmental, social, and corporate governance system, which is otherwise known ESG. as ESG. Yeah, no good. No good. So your Bob Mercer's and your Freedom Works type fuckwits have come after this guy really hard, basically saying he's the most evil person on the planet and all the world's problems are his fault. Of course, 
I'm not here to simp for a billionaire. This guy's a piece of shit. But it is insane to think that BlackRock and Larry Fink are behind all of the bad things that capitalism does. But that's a really great distraction for people who think that capitalism is the bee's knees, but also want to make sure that all the really bad things capitalism does is held under someone's umbrella. Well, that's Fink. In reality, BlackRock is just basically a company that makes these bundled up packages. Mum and dad investors say, okay, I want to invest in a very basic low risk thing. And BlackRock is like, okay, cool. How about you just invest in the Australian market? or invest in random tech stocks. And they just do stuff and it's fine. Private equity firms. I mean, uh, look, I, I just I just want to say, Joe, just as a, a, a nice little thing, if you ever get this, get asked this in pub trivia, the world is worth, current rate, the world is worth or generates wealth to the tune of about $430 trillion a year. That's the- BlackRock control around about $60 trillion. Wow. That's pretty fucking insane. So when it comes to BlackRock, that's the, the, the thing that it does is it takes money from investors and it throws it into stuff. It doesn't really have that sort of private equity firm thing where, say, someone like Elon Musk goes and you know buys a company like Twitter, makes it private, and then does whatever the fuck they want outside of public scrutiny. They're more involved in investing in companies, which is then packaged up in these ETFs, which people like you and I or super funds invest in. All very basic, all very boring, but things like ESG get a lot of these really cooked fucking talking heads upset, and then they start turning on people, basically trying to make an example of someone like Larry Fink, saying, look what happened to Larry Fink. We made him globally hated by psychotic armed lunatics. I reckon maybe you don't want to do the ESG, do you? And hopefully people back away. Fink also backed away because at one point he just went, oh, fuck this ESG shit. ESG uh, is actually really, really tough for, for, for investment companies in particular to to follow through on. You're, you're actually ignoring what can be high wealth stuff, yeah. or high return stuff. Yeah. But then again, like, you know, I've got like some, you know, index fund things because I have no super. It's a whole story of sad self-employment. What I've done is I've gone with ethical investments and they've returned way higher than the other ones because – they're the ones that do well. It just so happens that having chicks on the board actually turns out to be a good idea. Who but back to Pete. Thought? So, yeah, back to Pete. So, look, when it comes to this thing, I'm not simping for a billionaire, but I tell you who does simp for a billionaire, Pete. Pete loves awesome. simping for fucking billionaires. So Larry Fink first, Elon second. He's been sucking his toes all fucking week. But – The one that really stood out for me here was this bizarre interview that Pete posted with Donald Trump Jr., who claimed that his dad might pick other billionaire, Tucker Carlson, because lesser known thing. I don't think Tucker's a billionaire. No, he's a frozen food heiress. Yeah, but he's not a billionaire. You think so? Yeah, no, he came from came from California Democrat money. Came from serious uh, money, the frozen food money. Okay, well, either way, he's fucking loaded. Yeah, yeah. He was going to say that he was going to pick Tucker Carlson as his vice president. What? What? There's yeah. no reason to believe this. Well, like, it, 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 you know, veeps as we know, they don't do very much. But he's and, just saying uh, this. Yeah, it'd be, be perfect job for him. It's a cocaine fueled nothing burger. He just says stuff. Why are people listening to this fucking clown? Honestly, I'm starting to think that between Eric and Donald, he might be the bigger moron. Yeah. It's quite yeah. fucking possible. At least, at it's least Eric ball. shuts the fuck up. I mean, respect. Well, he doesn't always, but he does sometimes. So. He also said in the same fucking interview that Ron DeSantis could be his vice president. Yeah. Pudding fingers. Trump called yeah. him pudding fingers. 
You know what's the biggest drag on his on his polling at the moment is the librarian kerfuffle. You know, banning the book banning. Yeah, it is fucking gross. It is fucking. Uh, gross. He was asked these things at the Iowa caucus and again in the New Hampshire debate, and uh, RDS just doesn't doesn't handle doesn't handle any sort of even constructive criticism terribly well. He's basically flat out trying to smile. Yeah, which you don't want to He's do. got the worst full smile of, I've ever seen in a politician. I do like it, though. It is great. Bless his heart. It's, it actually seems to bring him pain <laughs> when he tries to smile. Like his ribs are being contracted for some reason. It's a rictus, not a, not a smile. So he's a fucking idiot. Okay, so also, yes. Millionaire Pete loved the speech by Javier Malay at the World Economic Forum. I mean, I well, only assume he watched it. I don't know. He certainly posted about it, but he reposted that shit meme that Musk did with a guy and the sex and the laptop and several yeah. other boring references to it because Pete's Pete. I reckon Pete would consider himself to be an anarcho-capitalist. He would put the ANCAP badge on his name if he knew what that actually yeah, meant. If you, if, you, if you ever asked him what it does mean, he, he wouldn't be able to give you a... A solid answer. That's my guess. He would say something along the lines of, it's like fiat currency. It's complex and I don't understand it. And fiat currency, you know, isn't it all Italian? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I actually saw a fiat recently in Leichhardt and I was like, <laughs> that's very Sydney and boring. All right, cool. So, yeah, let's move on to the fact that he's pushing bullshit about disease X. Of course he is. He's got nothing interesting to say, but all Pete does is repeat nonsense and just sort of like, you know, the telegram equivalent of retweeting stuff. It's just shit from David Ricardo Wolf, usually very fashy and weird. And David Ricardo Wolf is very strange. I think he's injecting testosterone because he's very aggressive, but with no substance or meaning. He just sort of mm. yells into the void and is very fashy and scary. But it's classic Pete to just repeat nonsense. So I'm going to end on this note, and this is something that Pete posted from Twitter at Bitcoin Beach, you know, so you can see where this is going, which is Epstein didn't use hashtag BTC, Bitcoin. Didn't he? He Not used JP Morgan. Never uh, bought, never, never bought, uh, never bought crypto. Yeah, Are we sure about shame. that. I mean, he would have gotten the in the ground floor because you know he was he, he died some time ago. I can't even fucking start how dumb this is. Don't say the quiet part out loud. Surely Pete knows how cryptocurrency is used to basically help sex traffickers and pedos move money outside of banks, right? Like, surely this is like this is how crypto is used by criminals to do things, which very much include sex trafficking. Holy yeah. fuck! Imagine. If Jeffrey Epstein didn't have to deal with traditional banks like J.P. Morgan, who kept at least one eye on what he was doing, if he had Bitcoin, he would have been pedo supreme. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still not convinced he didn't have Bitcoin or, well, or some form of crypto. I'd be amazed if he didn't. I mean, look, I, the timing is something that can be researched, and we could look into that if we want to really see the way in which Epstein manages money. But one thing that I can say is. If you put me in a hypothetical situation was, okay, so you're a sex trafficker and you're making all these proceeds from crime, what are you going to do with it? My answer immediately is put it into crypto. Well, you're not going to go to the American financial service or system, are you? No, no. because JP Morgan have regulations to follow. Mm. Whereas big, So, okay, I'm just going to say this. It is really important to say this. Anyone who pushes cryptocurrency and then condemns sex trafficking is full of shit. You are either libertarian to the point of condoning sex trafficking and, and organized crime or cryptocurrency is a bad idea or regulate cryptocurrency. Sure, whatever, don't care. 
But there's no fucking midpoint. And don't you fucking stand there saying that Epstein didn't use Bitcoin. He used banks. Fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you so much, you actual pedophile protectors. Come on, Joel. Come on, Joel. Pete loves kids. You know Pete loves kids, except right. for those babies he wants to poison. Yes. But- oh, yeah. And also, you know, yeah. The, yeah. Just, just with the liver broth. Yeah. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, and Joel Hill. Jack, we found on Twitter, on, at Jack the Insider, and Joel on Still. at Crunch Rose with a K, although we're both a little bit bored of Twitter. A little bit as your father with, with X these days. Yeah, it's pretty shit. But also, we set up a Facebook page, you can find fairly easily. Just look up Conditional Release Program, shit posting, and you have to ask to get in because we've got a whole bunch of fucking interlopers who are trying to get in and just call shit. And we just want to be a safe space. We want to be able to post things in private and not <laughs> exactly. feel like they're going to be bloody plastered all over the place. But look, if you enjoyed the episode, please post it on social media, public social media, all that sort of stuff, because it does help if we get more listeners. Yes, and please. after this hiatus, we need to do a bit of a rebuilding phase. We are building back better, folks. So please give us a hand in doing that because we don't have establishment money to do it. Make the conditional that. release program great again. <laughs> now, we have a Patreon to help. Keep this sustainable. It's bloody time consuming and yes. we still have to pay the rent, help keep the lights on. As mentioned, little as $5 a month, all sorts of bonus content. It's heaps of stuff. It's actually worth it. At this point, there's like 100 episodes of nonsense on there. It's, it's totally worth it. People's treaty is worth it. It's, it's alone. It's great. And finally, all feedback tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to say that the Dodger's brain death is really just a ruse and he's managed to escape lawful custody and is hunting us down. Oy. Thanks, listeners. I think I'll be near enough to the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. It's a long list, mate. See you later. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards. 